Our daily edition of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard begins next. Good morning and welcome to our daily edition of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. As we begin our daily excursion here on KFAX and get your day started, we do so out of a series in Romans, Man's Need of Divine Righteousness. You know, there is a remedy for the patient, and that's what we see in chapter 1, verses 1 through 17 of Romans. That's where we begin. Join us and get your day started in God's Word. Here now with today's edition of Truth For Today, our teacher and pastor now, Pastor Phil Howard. I think there's a myth in our minds that Christians don't need the gospel. You shouldn't hear about the security of the believer. You shouldn't hear about election. You shouldn't hear about predestination. You shouldn't hear about foreknowledge. Because this is baby talk. You will never get any deeper than your understanding of the gospel. Because many of us grew up with this gospel. Jesus Christ died for our sins, was buried, and rose again. Those are only the historical facts on which the gospel is built but their implications for mankind are developed in the epistle to the Romans. That just a nutshell, Jesus Christ died based upon that. Well, what did that death accomplish, Romans tells you? He was buried. He was raised again. He was seen of many witnesses. But we want to come to this marvelous epistle that has shaken empires as God has made its message understood. And I want to uh, read to you, and we're going to really focus on verses 16 and 17, the theme of the book. The theme of the book is found in verse 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel or good news, because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is out of faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. What is the gospel concern? It's regarding his son, who as to his human nature was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the Son of God by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him and for his name's sake, we received grace and apostleship to call people from among the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. And you also are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. 
to all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve with my whole heart in preaching the gospel of his Son. Now, you'll notice in verses 1 through 9, gospel, gospel, I preach because of the gospel. The gospel's concerning Christ. The gospel has to do with his resurrection. The gospel is the proof of the power of Christ. Over and over, he brings up the gospel. I... God bears me witness that in my prayers at all times that I pray that now at last by God's will the way may be open for me to come to you. I long to see you so that I may impart or share with you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I plan many times to come to you, but have been prevented from doing so until now, in order that I might have a harvest among you, just as I have had among the other Gentiles. I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the foolish." That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are at Rome. I am not ashamed of the gospel. I want to um, teach the book of Romans. I don't want to yell at you. I want you to understand it. So I'm going to try to explain and take for granted anything. Some of you, we find when we interview people for membership, they cannot give a clear reason why they're saved. We ask them, tell us what is the gospel, and we hear everything. Well, I, I, I grew up at first church. Uh, well, I've always been a Christian. Uh, my, my folks were Christians. Uh, Why well, you wouldn't suspect that I don't know God. I'm transferring from first such and such church. Uh, or I, I, I grew up in the Catholic Church. I was baptized as an infant. Sure, I'm a Christian. Isn't every American? And we get answers like, um, I do a lot of good works. I, I'm not a bad person. Uh, I've always done right. And our deacons and elders, as we're interviewing people, since we want them to be able to be a part of the fellowship, we say, where is the gospel? Where, where is their understanding of Christ? They're just in churchianity. It doesn't matter if you've been sprinkled a hundred times. That will not get you to heaven. It doesn't matter if you've been baptized 50 times. It doesn't matter if your dad's the pope. Or, I mean, a, a pastor. <laughs> that won't get you to heaven. It's having grasped and believed the gospel. So, we're going to be looking in the uh, ER room of the universe where Dr. God comes in and he finds the patient is ruined. But before we look at that uh, diagnosis of the race, just using the analogy of a doctor in the hospital and medicine, 
Have you ever uh, went in for a series of lab tests? They've got some suspicious spots, uh, they say, on your body. Uh, Maybe a lump where it shouldn't be. Maybe an x-ray that the doctor says, we've got to look at this a little bit closer. And you await that lab report. And you await that physician's call. It's nerve-wracking. And finally, you get the call, and you hear this kind of a response. Well, we've got some good news, and we've got some bad news. Which do you want to hear first? And Paul's epistle says, we've got some bad news, and we've got some good news. Which do you want to hear first? He gives a hint in the theme The diagnosis is going to be so gruesome in Romans 1, 2, and 3. It's so gruesome. Maybe I ought to give you a hint right up front. There is some good news, and that is God is willing to save the patient. God is willing to intervene and save a race that's ruined, rebellious, and in need of being restored. The pitiful thing about it, the patient has died on the table, and there's not a doctor on the case that can bring them back. The only one that will take the case is Dr. Jesus. He's the only one that can resurrect a dead man. Because you see, he tasted of the disease called death, and he died in our place, and he came back three days later So he's proven that he's the only one that's able to overcome the vicious disease called sin when it's put to your account. And so the good news is right up front. I want you to know I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for God through the gospel unleashes his power to work upon a ruined, fallen race. And then he'll proceed as he goes on, But let me tell you what the x-ray reveals. And next week, we'll start looking at that, what the real bad news is. But I want us to, first of all, examine some things about the good news. And that is, what is the good news Paul brings? What is the good news that he brings to a ruined, lost human race that perishes without God, that men and women are truly destined either to heaven or hell, and we could take the fire out of hell. We can shorten the length, and, uh, shorten its length, and we can do a lot of things. But men are either condemned before God or they are right before God. Now he's going to tell us how the good news comes and says how you can be right with God. Let's just look at it. First of all, the good news is about Jesus Christ. It's not psychology. It's not about how good man is. It's not. The good news is wrapped around Jesus Christ. Take Christ out, and you are handing out placebos to desperately needy patients. You're handing out fake medicine that can never make people well. It concerns Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel concerning Christ. Christ was the Son of God. Christ was declared to be God's Son by the resurrection from the dead. The gospel is the patent medicine that Jesus Christ alone has brought to us. 
It concerns him. See, the word gospel is a nice word. You angelon. You angelizomai. You is the good. Just epsilon, upsilon. Good. And then message. We've got a good message to bring. What is that? And I think that really ought to put us as Christians on the optimistic side that we are not the bearers of bad news ultimately, but we are really good news broadcasters. And there's not much good news. I, I get a daily paper. It's a waste. Uh, college hazing is still going on. It's, that just made my day being the front page. College hazing. And I usually keep up with the local murders in Richmond because I grew up there. And I, I always check the blocks. When they tell me the block, I know the blocks. I used to be on those blocks. And so I, I follow some of that. I look at the stock market. Man, I got all excited. Bam, dropped, dropped interest rates, you know, quarter of a percent. We're on recovery. Next day, 300-point drop. I'm going to tell you, don't depend on the paper for good news. And don't watch the 10 o'clock news before you go to bed. Because they may say, we have a thief that lives on your block. But to think that, as I look at this again, the only people who have been given good news that concerns a person's eternal well-being and health is God has entrusted his church with the good news. We've got good news. And Paul says that over and over. So when he says gospel, just translate it, good news. I, I'm ashamed to tell you good news. When you don't share the gospel, when you don't want to do that, I, I don't want to tell you any good news. Just go to hell. Because my silence will certainly not bring a cure. God saves nobody through silence. They must hear. So, uh, the second thing he says in verse 16, uh, the gospel, uh, in it is the power of God. The power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. Now, let's just track that down. God, we understand, is powerful. Do you appreciate the Latin term, omnipotency? Omnipotency. Omnipotent. God has all power. Everything that lives, moves, or breathes gets its energy to even do that from God. Acts 17. Everything that lives, moves, or breathes, God gives the very power for it to exist. All mobility in the universe, the energy is coming from God. All light. All light. God created light. God created energy. Not the atomic energy. Uh, industry. God. Now, God says, I want to channel my omnipotence that created the universe. I have chosen to channel that kind of power through a message. I want to channel it through the message that's concerning what Jesus Christ has done, and it will be like one of those uh, laser beams. When I center that gospel on a human heart, it can break the stoniest heart. It can rent the greatest blindness, and I just focus it on a sinner, and my power just breaks through, and it delivers them. 
Salvation means to be delivered, to be rescued. A lot of folks say, don't use church language. No, find out what Bible language means. If you like the word deliverance, I think your friends would understand to be delivered from penalty, to be delivered from the disease. And God says, I have chosen. I will only exercise my power to save when the gospel is being preached. You can tell them all kinds of stuff. You can talk them to death about prophecy. What I like about prophecy, we get at least scared people to death. <laughs> and they need to be scared. It's true, really, that we are headed somewhere. You can tell them all about family life. You can tell them all about the Mormons do a good, as good a job of it as anyone. You can tell them all about these issues out here, but God's power is channeled through one particular message. It's the gospel concerning Jesus Christ. And when you just keep giving that message and its implication, God himself, not the preacher, not the teacher of the power, God channels omnipotent power through it like a laser beam, and he chooses to save sinners with it. So simple. So powerful. I never forget one year Carolyn put on an Awana thing over here and had Ruth Fox pre present the message that night. I was stunned. I went to Ruth and I said, I want to get saved all over again. I, I melted because uh, she did like the color, the different black, white, and the blood. But I, I, I felt like a baby and I just, I just found myself wanting to weep as I heard a woman just the basics of the gospel. You will never outgrow the gospel. God's power is channeled through it. Now, uh, the power of God's channeled through it. What else about this gospel? Uh, it only comes to people who believe. It, it does no good just to be heard, but it saves everyone who believes. Have you believed the gospel? Now, you know, my only uh, regret about doing this message is that you're here. I wish every Christian here would exchange your seat and get three unsaved people for me. I'd preach the gospel every week if you got me in the unsaved folks here. But I got to preach to you folks and say, well, I hope he cuts it right. Friend, don't mess with me. I cut it right. But I'm preaching to saints as a whole. There might be a few ain'ts, but mainly they're saints. So you say, well, man, I'm already saved. Do you have any influence with the gospel? He says, it saves those who believe. Now, there's three, three parts to believe. Three things that that word is thrown around so much. The early church fathers understood it to be three things. One, it's knowledge. You've got to know, you've got to hear the facts. Somebody's going to tell me about Jesus Christ. That's not, I need the knowledge of it. No one gets saved who does not know. The, the ancient question is, are the heathen lost who've never heard? Yes. Paul said so in chapter 10. Nobody gets saved who has never heard the gospel. Well, that doesn't seem fair. Oh, okay. What will you do about that? Well, I'll just complain a little to God. Who does he think he is? Well, would you turn off your TV and go tell your neighbor? 
It's not God's problem. It's our problem. They will not believe whether they live a mile from this church or 10 million miles. They must hear. There's no one gets to heaven who hasn't heard. So they have to have the knowledge of it. The second thing is uh, essentia. They must assent to it. They must hear it and say, you know what? I, I believe that's true. I, I believe I've been told the truth. Uh, and so it's assent was the old Latin word. They would say, my inner man, I'm not being lied to. This, this makes sense. I, I, I believe this is the truth I'm being told. Number two, and I think many are in the church who have given assent to the gospel. But the third part of the meaning of believe is reliance or trust. Reliance or trust in it. I know it. I assent to in my mind that it's true. And then I make the commitment of trusting myself to it. And so the gospel is not just a message. Behind the gospel is the person of God the Son. I will trust myself to this person of whom these facts are true. He died. He was buried. He rose again. He's God. I will trust myself to him. It's one thing to say I've got knowledge. It's another thing to say I assent. It's another thing to take the leap to put yourself out there. Because if that girl doesn't know what she's doing and she didn't have enough wraps, and if, if she didn't have it, that part of if the rope snapped, and I nearly broke my back once in a rope swing thing that crashed on me and I fell into rocks. I mean, you know, it's, a, it's a miracle I'm here. You know what I mean? Uh, it's just the stupid things I've been, nearly been killed at. Uh, so I know a rope can just bind and boom, snap. And I thought of that with a harness hold. Now, I've seen other people make it. They're surviving. All that, but that, that, that doesn't count. I've got to make the decision where you go for it. Saving faith is I choose to commit my life and future to the Lord Jesus Christ. I've not just heard the gospel. I'm not just thinking it was good for mama and daddy, and, and I give a cent. There's good folks that are I am going to believe it so as I commit my whole life and future on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the thing you must do. He saves no one who simply acknowledges him, for demons acknowledged him. He saves those who rely on him and take him at his word. And then he says in the gospel, the fourth thing, God... Uh, offers a righteousness for he offers this gospel to everyone who believes for in the gospel and this translation does a great job in the gospel a righteousness from God is revealed And you're listening to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules. Our series taken from Romans chapters 1 and 2 called Man's Need of Divine Righteousness. As we conclude our time together today, as always, we'd leave you with our address and phone number in the event you'd like to contact us. Maybe you have a question about the broadcast, Romans. Romans always brings out questions, doesn't it? Paul had a great way of doing that. 
Well, questions, comments, prayer requests, they're all welcome here at Truth For Today. Simply call or write to us. Drop us an email. You can reach us at 855-833-9864. Again, we're at 855-833-9864. You can write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. Our zip code is 94547. Now, you can also drop us an email when you stop by our church website, valleybible.org. A lot of resource materials available for you there, including access to some other previous series and messages delivered here at the pulpit of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. And again, you can find out information about Valley Bible, who we are and what we believe, church services and directions. It's all at valleybible.org. And again, drop us an email when you stop by. If you would like to be a TFT sustainer, which would also include a quarterly newsletter, a once a year special gift, and take a break, which is the weekly video devotional from Pastor Phil, find out more by calling us at 855-833-9864. No matter the size of your gift, each and every gift makes a big difference as we continue the ministry of Truth For Today daily here on KFAX. It's a delight to be back on Monday through Friday and Sundays as well here on Truth For Today, and we don't take that for granted. We see God's hand in all of this, and if you do too, please contact us and let us know. We'd love to hear from you. And then come back and join us next time as we begin the day once again with Truth For Today and Pastor Phil Howard. Truth For Today.